Hi again, everyone. This is Philip Michaels. It's the day before Thanksgiving, and you can be thankful for another episode of the Macworld Pundit Showdown. Yes, for those of you scoring at home, or even if you're alone, it's Macworld Podcast number 272 for Wednesday, November 23rd. That's the day before Thanksgiving. We hope you're on your way to family fun and festivity. We hope that you have all your side dishes prepared, because we have four turkeys who are ready to <laughs> carve each other up. And a- if you're outside the United States, get back to work. Yeah, really. Why are you listening to this show? You should be working. Um, uh, it's our It's our periodic competition in which we have the best and brightest of the Mac world weigh in on the uh, news of the uh, of the fortnight of the month of the since the last time we did this podcast really in a format where um, I ask questions they provide answers they win points and it's all um, in the end pretty pointless but it's it's all in good fun for victory for for honor right. for for glory mm-hmm. and in, if this sounds familiar to you of course it is a shameless ripoff of the BBC um, uh, five podcast and radio program fighting talk which is delightful and you should listen to it and um, they should not sue us let's meet our contestants you you already heard him talk because he can't ever wait to be introduced he is our winningest pundit showdown competitor though last time he did not win not the man in form right now hoping to to get back some of that winning mojo it's jason snell hi phil it's good to be back it's good to be introduced by that crowded house song my favorite band of all time i hope i can put on a better showing this time than i did the last i i don't want to add to the pressure jason is no doubt feeling being a uh, being a top competitor but he was telling me beforehand feeling really good about his answers Feeling really good about getting off the getting off the schneid. Well, certainly feeling better than I did the last time. Yes, that was an accident waiting to happen. Yes, and um, fortunately, uh, it's it's recorded for posterity. Um, I believe one of the people that that defeated Jason, the very person, the very person that defeated him, besides himself, is here today. <laughs> uh, she is a MacWorld staff editor. She is an expert in things like iCloud and iTunes Match, and she also appears in Macworld videos, which gives us the excuse to play this song she hates to introduce her. Oh, dear. I'm shaking my head uh, while I say hello, and I, I refuse to acknowledge that this song is actually playing right now. It's Serenity Caldwell, because I forgot to mention her name. You did, but, but that's okay. But I, I think... Duran Duran, Phil. <laughs> yes. I was I was rocking out to the the Duran the, the Duran. Well, just Duran, not Not, not Duran. Duran. No. I don't care for him. Our next contestant, despite the, uh, the grief we often give him, actually has won a Macworld Pundit showdown. You wouldn't know it from, uh, from some of his performances on the, uh, on the podcast, but he, ha- he is a past winner. The bar was lowered and I successfully went, went raced above it. And uh, a win's a win. Take a win's it. a win. And I'm sure that he heard Dan Morin winning the last Pundit showdown and thought, why can't us? And so now he joins us. And this would normally be um, the time that we play the B-52's Rome to introduce Roman Loyola. However, Uh-oh. a picture came to our attention since the last time Roman was on the podcast oh, of a young Roman Loyola with his with his 1980s mullet his 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 mustache my hockey hair my his hockey hair soccer 
Parker. His, yes, and of course his his parachute pants. The calendar in the photo says 1989, but the clock on the wall said, "You can't touch this." Hammer time. Oh, Roman Loyola, ladies and gentlemen. I, I'm just proud that we've maintained the theme of 80s and 90s music as the intro. It's a, it's, it's a little known fact that I actually stopped listening to popular music in 1994, and therefore the musical choices on the Macworld podcast reflect that. If, if you hear a song recorded after 1994 on here, um, chances are I did not select it. To, to play, but um, it, we, we should point out that Roman shared that photo with us as part of a um, part of a, a contest he entered to win A's tickets to their their right. Back to the Eighties weekend. Was it? Yes. And you got you got the free tickets. They wanted proof that an A's fan actually wore hammer pants in their lifetime, mm-hmm. and I had that proof. And you got the free tickets and a MC Hammer yes. bobblehead, I believe. I did. Well, was it worth it? It, it was worth it. Okay. I'm winning all around. Yes. Our final contestant is the only non-winner here, but that's all right because it gives him something to to have in common with the the music that introduces him. <laughs> yes, if the Eagles will be my theme song, it's good that I lose very frequently here. Yes, that was Lex Friedman being drowned out by the sound of the Philadelphia Eagles fight song. And like the Eagles, uh, Lex is hoping to maybe start slowly, put on a put on a good show, and then and then falter at the end. Blow it at the end. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, that let, is my mo. Let's go over the rules. I am going to ask people questions. As I said, I'm going to award them points. One point, two points, which we'll get to in a moment. Three points. <laughs> Or they'll lose a point. Do the rules make sense? I hope they do because I don't want to go over them again. Which brings us to our first question. And it's all about this. That, as I alluded to earlier, is the sound of what used to be our second point, our two-point award. When you hear that, I would would be giving people two points for an answer. Um, We're considering replacing that either – or keeping it either in honor or tribute to – to uh, 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 Apple CEO Steve Jobs. Uh, since we're considering replacing the trademark boom with a new sound to represent the two-point answer, I'd like the panelists to give me your suggestions for the sound that we should use instead. And let's start with Jason Snell. Well, Phil, I think I think we should. I asked a bunch of people on Twitter this question, and it, I think it was about 40 to 1 in favor of keeping it. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree. I think we should keep it in honor of co-founder of Apple and the man who will always be synonymous with Apple, Steve Jobs, to honor him with his traditional keynote, Boom. Boom. I, exactly. However, if we must change it, I recommend something equally iconic, something unforgettable, something like, I don't know, Marlon Brando. <laughs> In a streetcar named Desire. Two points to Jason. And let's go to Serenity Caldwell. Well, I, like Jason and the millions of Twitter followers who chimed in on this or thousands, uh, agree that we should probably keep the boom as a as a significant reminder of Apple's co-founder. And it just it brings it brings some lightheartedness. It's the only it's the only person we have uh, in our series of chimes. But again, if we must replace it, I think that we should unify the the three points and go with another another chime. This time we'd go with series chime. Uh, exactly. You for one thing, it's two dots already, so two points. 
Uh, and it's very cheerful. It's very, it's very cheery. It's very much like you're doing a good job. And it's representing the machine overlords that Steve helped build. <laughs> Roman Loyola. Well, if we have to replace the sound, I thought it would be appropriate to uh, combine the current voice of Apple, which is Siri, with the famous Steve Jobs quote. And so my suggestion would be uh, Siri saying Steve Jobs' last words, according to his sister, Mona Simpson. Oh, wow. Well, that, that is the weirdest tribute that I, <laughs> that I could possibly imagine. I, I don't know who's going to win the answer, but, well, but, but I know it's not you. And I'll have to clarify, that's not actually Siri, that's Samantha. That's Samantha voice. The, the voice on the Mac. But which is, really. Right. Comes, well, so you cheated. To... You didn't find a way to, to get Siri to answer, oh, wow, to one right. of your questions. <laughs> right. I tried. <gasps> That's a point off for Roman and a point off for Jason for sussing him out. So, Lex, you haven't answered. Well, I do appreciate the boom and its boom. ability to shake, shake, shake the room. But the other sound I think most often associated with Steve and one that can outlive him that I think would be perfect is this one. That's you know that's the sound that Steve brought to Apple for for so long is the sound of money coming in and that's the one that I think is most easily associated with him now. Um, I think that's a very good suggestion. I also think it's a sound used on Fighting Talk, and we don't need to give them any more reason <laughs> to sue us uh, out of existence. Instead, um, good answers all around. I'm going to award bonus points, two extra points to Serenity Caldwell. Ooh. With the trademark traditional boom, which I think we're going to keep. Um, so after the first uh, first question, let's go to the scoreboard early. Serenity out to a big lead with four points. Lex in second with two. And uh, Tweedledum and Tweedledee pointing fingers at each other. Jason and Roman in last place. Joint last with one. Boom. Our next question. Oh, wow. <laughs> Stella! You're only making it worse for yourselves. Uh, our next question is all about this. This is Tim. Yes, that's all it's about. It's <laughs> Apple's new CEO. It's Tim Cook. He is now uh, running the company, and uh, uh, we wish him all the best. Um, if Tim Cook called you up asking for advice, as I'm sure is right, sure. very high up on his to-do list, um, what's the one thing you'd be sure to tell him? Let's talk to Roman Loyola. Uh, I would tell him to not have Walter Isaacson write his biography. <laughs> and, you know, I finished reading the book and it kind of left me wanting more. And I felt like the first half of the book was a rewrite of all the other stuff that's been out there. And then the second half of the book, I had so many questions that I want him to follow. So many things that I want him to follow up on that he didn't. He didn't provide the proper insight, I thought. So... It left me wanting more, and it left me thinking that this wasn't the right bio person to write this book. All right. Lex. Well, first, I mean, if Tim called me here, I'd tell him never to call me here. But the sincere thing I'd tell him is neither to ignore nor blindly adhere to Steve Jobs' legacy. I don't think Apple should start you know, licensing OS X to third-party manufacturers again. But I'm also not convinced that Apple needs to remain uh, as secretive as it's historically been or that the App Store review process needs to be as strict as it's always been uh, or that the Beatles need to be in iTunes. Uh, so I think you know, just g reminding Tim, A, to be his own man. Um, but not to abandon you know, some of Apple's core tenets just for the sake of being different. Loads of points. Let's see if uh, Serenity can match that. 
Sure. If if Tim Cook called me up, which I'm sure is very, very likely, I would say, you know, Tim, you do so well on those financial calls. You are so calm and cool and collected on those when you're talking about your shipping channel or your, your next six month, you know, six weeks guidance. You can just channel some of that when you're on stage introducing the next product, the next iPad, the next iPhone. You'll do great. You don't need to match Steve. You have a completely different charismatic personality all your own. You just need to bring some of that off of the financial call and onto the stage. That was just one point there. I was frantically pushing the button and it was stuck. So uh, an extra point there for, for Ren. Poor stuff thing. And then mm-hmm. one one more. Just, you know, if, if you could tell Apple PR to lighten up on those poor developers who want to know about sandboxing their apps, they really, you know, they're not asking for much. They're just, they just want a little guidance. All right. Jason hasn't answered, I don't think. I have not. No. Would you like me to? Yes. Um, Tim? You know, Apple is going to make a lot of money for a long time. You've been set up really well in this job by your predecessor. But I would advise you to look at Microsoft. The same is true of them. Don't ever be content just protecting your profits. Apple is all about making great new products. Keep doing it. And also, when Johnny Ive gives you product advice, take it. Jason, getting back on the horse, let's move on to the next question. Adobe announced that it would stop developing uh, Mobile Flash. I didn't write Mobile Flash when I was reading the question. So Ad- Adobe announced it would stop developing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this just in. Yes. Well, that's, that's big news on the Pundit Showdown. <laughs> I, I just broke a story. No, they stopped, they're going to stop developing Mobile Flash, and they're going to put their resources elsewhere. Um, who else in the tech world should quit while they're behind? Uh, let's uh, talk to the man who is behind, Roman Loyola. Um, I think that Microsoft, but not with its software and its OSs, but with its Microsoft stores. And they've been making a lot of news lately because they've had a lot of long lines and big crowds. But the crowds and the lines aren't there because they want to buy Microsoft stuff. They want the free concert tickets that are being given out. Uh, And, you know, I don't think Windows users care about the nuance that's found at the Apple Store. And, um, you know, they're used to shopping at superstores and they're used to shopping online. And then I think in the end, the stores will end up being a waste of time and money for Microsoft. Very good. Uh, Jason? I think uh, the good uh, people at Research in Motion, makers of the BlackBerry, should uh, quit while they're behind. They, uh, their product is a disaster. They have shown too much pride in not trying to replace it with something new. I, I hear the WebOS is available. You know, they could probably buy that, write a BlackBerry app for it, and have a platform that's actually modern faster than they're ever going to dig out of the hole that they're in. So, guys, BlackBerry is old. It's fallen apart. It's time to move on. You can't build it yourself. Buy it. Fix it up. Quit while you're behind. Lex Friedman. I'm going with Facebook. Specifically, Facebook should stop improving things. And trust trust that I'm making finger air quotes when I say the word improving. As my father <laughs> – as my father likes to say, the enemy of good is better, and Facebook can't stop making its interface, its newsfeed, and its apps better. I'm spending less and less time on Facebook as it makes the experience of using itself less and less pleasant. So I think it's time for Facebook to quit. If if the um, if the insane amount of points that Lex racked up there didn't didn't clue you in, I I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Ren, who should quit while they're behind? Well, I also agree that Research in Motion isn't doing too great, and Jim Darumpel's scathing comments on the Loop definitely uh, 
help in that direction. But in addition, I think that those poor Chinese case manufacturers who keep on trying to outthink Apple by making cases for the next iPhone—they're like, you know, what, what, what we're going to do? We're going to guess at what Apple's going to do. We're going to take these part manufacturers and we're going to let's just put through, you know, tens of millions of dollars in case case manufacturing. Sure, why not? All righty. Let's uh, let's uh, get another question in before we check the scores. Uh, the iPhone 4S feature that everyone talking about is Siri. And that's the voice-driven search and assistant feature. Hey, everyone. What's a question you'd like to ask Siri? Uh, let's uh, start off with Lex. Okay. My number one question for Siri is simply this. How soon can I use you to control everything I own? My Mac... My iPad, my refrigerator, my children, anything I could, I want to be able to control via Siri. You could that is pro- my question. You could probably use Siri to control your children now with a little bit of uh, sleight of hand and, and, and line. So. Don't think I haven't tried. Mm. Uh, uh, Ren, how, how would, what, what, what would you like to ask our good friend like- Siri? to ask Siri, why do you hate sick people? Uh, Paul Kafasis wrote a very funny blog a couple months ago where he asked Siri things like, I have a gallstone, or where's the nearest hospital? And Siri either replies back with joke answers or no answers at all. I understand that maybe you don't want to have your voice assistant able to automatically call 911, but at the same time, not being able to give any medical advice, even doing a Google search, it's like, eh, maybe you're a little bit callous, Siri. It's funny. Every Sorry, time that Ren about. answers, the, um, the, the one point button goes out. She got another point there, and there it is. <laughs> doesn't want me to get points. <sighs> no, it doesn't. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jason, why don't you answer? Why are we doing this? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, Siri. Of course, the only man with an iPhone 4. Yes, well, that's why he got the the bonus points there, Roman. Uh, I noticed that when I call up Siri and I say, when is the new iPhone coming out or when is a new Mac coming out? It refers me to current products on the Apple site. It doesn't refer me to a web search of, say, like rumor articles or anything like that that might be found on the web. And I find it a weird kind of misdirection. I don't want to say censorship. It's more like a misdirection, like, don't look over there. Look over here. You want to know about new products, these products, not about the stuff that's rumored to be coming out. So uh, I'd like to be able to ask about future Apple products and get a relevant search on that. I'm sure that Siri would say that Apple doesn't comment on future products. Even that, or even like some kind of, you know, witty response would be good would be better than that though yes. its current response might be uh equal to calling up apple pr right. and asking it's them about future apple response <laughs> that's a point for me um let's go to the scoreboard roman loyola trying to get back in it he's got a, a big hill to climb he's in last with nine points uh joint joint third place joint second place however you want to look at it serenity caldwell and lex friedman on 12 Jason Snell, with the help of an iPhone 4S, has roared into the lead. Thank you, Siri. With 13. Oh, wow. And now let's move on to the next question. The newly launched iTunes Match promises to match and upload your music library to a central server. When it does, what's going to be the most embarrassing track in your library that iTunes will be matching? It is literally impossible to lose points on this answer. So, so... 
The only thing you can lose it's is like your granting its immunity yeah. from prosecution. No, seriously. The, the, the only thing you can lose is your dignity, and you lost that the minute you agreed to be on here. Let's start with um, Lex Friedman. Sure. Well, I want to say right off the bat, I am not embarrassed by my rights at Fred, my Escape Club, or even my copy of Eddie Murphy's Party all the time. I am, on the other hand, truly ashamed of a track I created in the mid-90s for uh, a Weird Al Yankovic tribute album. My song is a parody of Al's Gangster's Paradise, or his Amish Paradise parody, and mine is called Weird Al Paradise, and iTunes Match now has a copy of it in the cloud, and it is awful. <laughs> oh. Yeah, wow. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna need a moment to recover from that, um, Jason. Why don't you fill the the dead air while oh. I stare off into the middle distance? <laughs> All right, <laughs> Phil's gone bye bye, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to quote actually from Macworld.com in our excellent iTunes Match FAQ written by Ms. Serenity Caldwell right over here. Point off for sucking up. She says, if you don't want iTunes Match to display certain purchase tracks, say you downloaded a Spice Girls album in your impressionable youth, head to iTunes Store on your Mac and click the purchase link in the right sidebar. Now, just to be clear, Say You'll Be There by the Spice Girls was released when I was 26 years old, so youth is not a defense. (laughs) There are many, many far worse tracks in my collection, all-Star from Smash Mouth, Love Plus One by Haircut 100, Heartbeat by Don Johnson, but none more embarrassing. Roman. Um, I used to have this habit of buying tracks with the idea that I could use it like in a video or something. So like I have a lot of karaoke tracks because sometimes I think karaoke music is better to use in an actual song because of the lyrics. But about 10 years ago, I bought a CD that I found in a bargain basement bin, and it was a CD by David Hasselhoff. (laughs) And it had 10 tracks of David Hasselhoff, and the cover had David Hasselhoff in a blue suit with no shirt on. (laughs) And I still have those tracks. And, uh, you know, I have... And uh, inserted them into a Mac at some point. I was inserted them into a Mac and burned them. Boy. With the idea. But I do have to say that... That is just error compounded upon error. (laughs) In a past job, we did end up using several of those tracks for a video segment that I helped produce. So it did come in handy. For an extra point, what is your favorite... And you can hear the air quotes there, I hope, listeners. (laughs) What is your favorite cut off your David Hasselhoff's Blue Suit album. Oh, I can't remember the name of the cut, but it starts off with a child, probably like a five-year-old child, <laughs> reciting Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Okay. <laughs> that will be nightmare fuel far into the night. Congratulations, Lex. The, the pain of you doing a tribute song to, Le- to Al Yankovic is now out of my brain. I think we Thank found you. Roman's new theme song. <laughs> <laughs> and it's already burned to a Mac. Uh, uh, Ren, I don't believe that you've answered. No, I haven't. And I'm not sure I can beat any of those. My my most embarrassing track is is more of the conventional variety, which is unlike the rest of this panel. I grew up in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, and when I was coming of age, there was a new thing called Radio Disney that had just started popping up. Oh. And they started playing really all, all sorts of, you know, typical cutesy, poppy music. Uh, and the, the two songs that I'm kind of a, a little bit ashamed is I have the uh, the Disney version of Mambo Number no. Five, um, <laughs> which I'll admit I have never actually deleted off of off of my my MacBook Pro, uh, and so that one got uploaded to the cloud. And then I also have 
both Hanson albums, uh, which I won as advanced purchases from Radio Disney in a contest. <laughs> so I, and you know what? I, I will hold that Hanson's Man from Milwaukee, still a good song. That, uh, there is a Radio Disney, Disney version of Mambo Number no. 5. Yes. Well, if you ever if you ever well, want us to ditch girls on film, <laughs> <laughs> boy, that, thank that, goodness we couldn't lose that, points. This, there. Yeah, this question yeah. has just opened Ooh. up a can of darkness from which I feel that I will never emerge. <laughs> We're moving on. It's almost Thanksgiving, unless you're in Canada, in which case build a time machine and go listen to this podcast about a month ago. Uh, who from the tech world would you like to be at your holiday feast this year? Who would be allowed to attend but forced to sit at the kids' table? And who would not be welcome at all? We're looking for three answers there, panelists. Let's start with Serenity. Okay. Um, so I, I have not yet ever had the, the, you know, the fun of having tech people over. So I think I'd like to start big and invite Joni Ive to come have, have Thanksgiving dinner with me. For one thing, they don't celebrate Thanksgiving in England. So really, what is he doing right now? And on top of that, I bet he helped my family make a lovely centerpiece for the meal. Uh who would be also able to come but who I'd like to sit at the kids' table is Andy Rubin. I'm sure he would be great, you know, pre-dinner cocktails conversation. But you should probably shove him over to the side before he starts stealing anything more from Apple. Uh, <laughs> and the the person that – well, multiple people that I just refuse to have at my dinner table. Anybody involved with the tech patent fight because really I can't listen to it. <laughs> but, uh, mm, yes, yes. It's, it's our first explicit uh, iTunes label. We can remove and that. Yes, we can. You might hear a giant beep in the middle of that. Twenty-six folks. minute time code. Yes. Note so, to self. Yes. For those editing this podcast. <laughs> well, they make me mad. Yes, Roman. Would you like to give an expletive-free answer? I effing would. <laughs> All right. So, for dinner, I'd like to have John Rubenstein come over because he's a former senior VP of Apple, former CEO of okay, Palm. I think he that. would have some good stories to tell. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you a point on that, but you obviously did not attend the Macworld Expo in New York when he was invited on stage to talk no, about uh, each process. We'll move through the processor individually, <laughs> yeah. one at a time. Watch them go. There's oh, an animation. I That's believe, a processor. I was in the audience for that, and I believe time actually stopped, and I was able to leave my own body and, and run some errands and then come back, and he was still talking. But if you would have met your Thanksgiving dinner sure. I, I gave you the point i'm not going to take a point off this is thanksgiving <laughs> so who's at the kids table roman at the kids table would be thomas suarez who's this 12 year old app developer and he's become a speaker at all the ted conferences wow. and you know i think he would be a good influence on the other kids and he could come over to the grown-up table when desserts if he gives served. presentations he'd be a good sure. influence on uh, john rubenstein yeah. <laughs> uh and and who is banned from dinner who's banned from dinner are a bunch of politicians including lamar smith Patrick Leahy, these are the people who are sort of behind the uh, Stop Online Piracy Act and the oh. Protect IP Senate bill. And uh, for people who don't know, you know, just do a search. We're not going to dive into it now. But I think it essentially gives too much power to a lot of the media uh, companies. You know, the RIAA is very much behind these kind of bills and the MPAA. So. All right. Uh, Jason, who is at your table? 
All right. Uh, at the main table, um, new Apple board member and Disney CEO Robert Iger can come, but he will need to bring some Disney stuff for my kids and uh, maybe bring Kermit the Frog along too. Why not? Shameless. Um, um, Mark Zuckerberg will sit at the kids' table because I think that's really where he belongs and also he can explain to my kids why they should use Facebook. Um, and uh, not invited are the uh, entire uh, Hewlett-Packard board of directors um, because they seem completely incapable of killing a turkey. <laughs> that's a bonus point if I ever heard one. Lex Friedman. Well, I'd love for Phil Schiller to attend my family's Thanksgiving because I get the sense that that guy is the life of any party he attends. Uh, I decided that Steve Wozniak can come and sit at the kids' table because he's very wealthy and he's loose with the cash, and I thought that would be nice. Mm -hmm. And uh, then not on the invite list at all is Steve Wozniak because now that I've had more time to think about it, despite his potential charitableness, it would still mean playing host to Steve Wozniak, and there's no way that's going to happen. Uh, One point separates first place from last place, but I'm not going to tell you who's and where. Because iOS 5 introduced notifications, uh, improvements to notifications, a new reminders app, over-the-air updates, and hundreds of other features and enhancements I don't have time to go into. Rather than be satisfied with all the fine work Apple has done, what do you think the company should be adding next, Lex Friedman? Well, first, I would love the ability to have my phone calls end only when I want them to and not before. (laughs) But... Honestly, a sincere feature that I'm hoping they'll get to is I shouldn't need a keypad to unlock my phone. It's got a touch screen. It should be able to use my fingerprint and get it somehow as I'm sliding to unlock. As a side note, I don't think it'll – I'm not yet confident that it could ever happen, but I would love for Apple to add the option for me to run apps that haven't gone through its App Store approval process on my own device. I'll give you a point for that. Roman. Uh, I'd like Apple to release an API for Siri so third-party apps can use it. Uh, and also so Lex can control the rest, the aspects of his life using Siri. That's a, that's very Thank nice you. of you to, to think of Lex yes. at, in this, this holiday season. Point off. <laughs> it's the season of giving. Yes. Well, and you <laughs> and just gave a point away. away. away J- Jason. Uh, I think uh, the thing I'd like to see most in the next version of the iOS is a better app switcher. Um, you know, Android with Ice Cream Sandwich and WebOS both do this better. In iOS, if you double tap on the uh, – double click on the little home button, you can see icons at the bottom. You can turn on those multi-finger gestures, which are really cool, but you don't really know what you're going to get. You swipe to the left or the right and there's no – you have no idea what app is going to be there next. The right way to do it, I really think, is some gesture or button press that lets that zooms back. You can actually flip through the currently running apps and see what they are and where they are, get a better idea of which one you're looking for. Or tap and have it zoom in shouldn't be that hard to do, but I think it would help a lot in terms of really using the multitasking. Very helpful answer, Ren. Uh, overall, I think that while iOS 5 introduced a lot of really cool things, there are definitely places that need a little bit more polish. The Reminders app still is a little buggy in places. You can only set geofencing for places that are already in your address book. And then also, I'd like to see greater iCloud support and integration, if not in third-party apps, in Apple's own apps. You have these great, great mobile tools like iMovie and GarageBand, especially GarageBand for iOS, where you can export those projects into GarageBand on your Mac. But right now, you still have to do it either via email or via iTunes file transfer. And while I, you know, while Wi-Fi Sync has helped that make that a little bit easier, I would still love a love an iCloud, you know, pushed automatically to my Mac. Very good. Uh, let's uh, actually now we will go to the scores. 
I said it was tight. It's very tight. We have a three-way tie for first place at 23 points. Jason Lex Wren. You know what that means, Roman. Hilda I'm Klein. in second place. You're in second place. <laughs> or fourth. You're, at, you're two points behind. You can make it up. Okay. I believe in you, man. Okay. All right. I wasn't in such a giving mood. Yeah. You'd be, you'd be just a point behind. So... It seems like we can't go a week without someone making some sort of pronouncement about the iPhone 5. Since we can't beat them, let's join them. Give our listeners an outlandish iPhone 5 prediction or iOS whatever prediction that just might come true. Uh, let's start with Jason. You know, Apple has this tendency to poo-poo features before they introduce them themselves. So – I know that there's been a lot of eye-rolling from Apple about these Android phones that are out there with the larger screens saying, oh, you know, that's we think this is the right size. I think that let's say the the new iPhone 5 will have a bigger screen. It'll use that retina display resolution to upgrade to a larger physical screen size without messing up the sizes that developers are used to. And uh, and it'll be thinner, but it'll be a little bit bigger, um, more screen real estate, even if it sort of spreads edge to edge so the phone itself isn't that much wider. I think we're going to see a screen upgrade and who knows, uh, I don't know, thought recognition would be the other way to go. Lex. Well, I mean, yeah, I agree. It's going to probably we'll see a big, bigger screen. I'm rooting for a dedicated camera button. But most significantly, the biggest new feature to come is going to be uh, FaceTime, which will allow you to conduct FaceTime calls with your dearly departed relatives. Boom. There you go. That's outlandish. That's just, but it just might come <laughs> I, through. I know. It really uh, won't. But it's outlandish. It and, I, and I can't penalize them for focusing on that part. Ren. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that because Tim Cook, you know, as CEO, I think we're going to rely on uh, on some of Tim's wizardry here. And the next iPhone is going to be more inexpensive, but the consumers won't realize it because it's going to be sold unlocked at $199, $299 or maybe $299, $399. Apple's been relying on cellular carriers for the last couple years. And I think they're at the point now, the AT&T contract has lapped, so they're able to branch out into other carriers. We've already seen it in the States. They have, you know, the GSM slot unlocked for CDMA carriers like Verizon and Sprint in the States, but AT&T is still holding tight onto that slot. And I think Apple's just about tired of that. So if they find a way to get those component costs down and be able to sell those phones unlocked but still at a reasonable price to consumers, they have that. And that also opens up the door for, may we hope, a 3G iPod Touch. That was a point, an extra point there at the end for Ren. I, the, the the scoreboard hates you. The Mac, yeah, it, it's mad at me for, you, for dissing you, Siri and the robots. You, oh wow! You need to apologize, I guess, to it. Um, you know, that's like the third time you used my "oh wow" sound. <laughs> so, are you suggesting that you deserve some points? Well, I, uh, no, no, I'm not suggesting any okay. But what I'm saying is, okay. you poo-pooed it at the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. and you've already used it three times. Mm. So, I, I think you really like it. <laughs> That's how much I like it. <laughs> Roman. Um, okay. Well, to counter the complaints about the shorter battery life, battery life in the iPhone, um, Apple will do a complete about face on, on its stand on removal batteries. And they'll release the iPhone 5 with a replacement Boom. battery that has a proprietary connector. And then Apple will uh, 
then realize a new revenue stream from the sale of replacement batteries. And then they'll continue development of the iOS without any consideration of power drain. And battery sales will skyrocket and push uh, Apple to record revenues. Outstanding. Right back in it. <laughs> oh, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Um, Apple's memorial service. I should ding that. Apple's memorial service for Steve Jobs included... Steve Jobs, rather, uh, included musical performances by Nora Jones and Coldplay. When your time is up, who do you want performing at your memorial? A uh, a, a question for Roman Loyola. Okay, so I would like to have three performers. All right. So the first... I don't know which one we have loaded up on the soundboard, so I won't know when to press it. Uh, This is the golden envelope question. Match my answer that I've scrolled down on the paper. You get five bonus points. Okay. Wow. Okay. I probably could, won't get those. I'm, bonus I'm pretty points. sure that no one will get the bonus <laughs> points. In fact, I can definitively say that no one will get it. But uh, Roman, what you were saying? Yeah. So the first band I would like to have play is this unknown '80s band called Field Trip. Okay. Well, what would we know them for if they're unknown? The lead singer of Field Trip is actually Mac World Labs' lab director, Jim Galbraith. Oh, <laughs> two points there. Now, the reason I would like to have them play is because before I even knew Jim. I used to listen to Field Trip, and then I worked at – I got hired at a job, and Jim got hired eventually too, and then it just turned out that he was the lead singer of this band and so forth. And since he'll be at the memorial anyways, you might as well just have him play. You would hope. So so the second person I would like to have perform at my memorial is that – you know, I like to think that, you know, if I'm going to die from a disease or something that, you know, I went out like a fighter – Mm-hmm. You know, I went out like a champion fighter. Mm-hmm. And since I'm Filipino, it would have to be a Filipino champion fighter. So I would like to have boxer and singer Manny Pacquiao sing at my memorial. That's boxer, singer, politician to you, Ron That's Right. And politician. <laughs> and then the third performer I would like to have is um, it's, in, it's kind of a callback to my wedding. So at my wedding, my wife who dances hula, the uh, dance of the Hawaiian people, she performed a hula at our wedding. So I would like to have the brothers Casimero play, and my wife would do this hula at my memorial. Very good answers all, Roman. Let's see who uh, is playing at the Serenity Caldwell Memorial Service. Well, she she was so young, <laughs> too young to die. Yeah. Too young. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I, I I was kind of wavering between between one, but I have to go with uh, music of John Williams. Uh, he's an influential part of my childhood, and it's the last minute of binary sunset that I would love for a big orchestral movement just on stage. And my father, who is a conductor, you know, presumably that I die horribly young, I would have him conduct this. Uh, if not, maybe there can be a way for Siri to have him broadcast from the grave. Who Ooh. knows? <laughs> That's uh, two points for that. Um, I do want to also mention that if you're using John Williams, you you also have a great uh, song for when your pallbearers march you out of the uh, <laughs> out of the facility. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also works with weddings. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Uh, it's a great J- judgment on my character, J- Jason. Well, I have to say right off the top that I think the best choice is probably my very theme song, Don't Dream It's Over. But 
failing the crowded house, which I, I suspect will be played at my funeral, I'm going to go with a line from one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> That's not it. No. Um, High Fidelity, where John Cusack as Rob says, songs to play at my funeral, Many Rivers to Cross by Jimmy Cliff, Angel by Aretha Franklin, and I've always had this fantasy that some beautiful, tearful woman will insist on, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me by Gladys Knight. But who would that woman be? Dan Morin. (laughs) (laughs) Two extra points there for Jason Snell. Um, Lex hasn't gone. I haven't. And, you know, the song that I would want would be the one to best describe the world and the people that I was leaving behind mm-hmm. with poignant lyrics like, I'd rather clean all the bathrooms in Grand Central Station with my tongue than spend one more minute with yes, you. It's Weird Al Yankovic, one more minute. I'm giving you the hallelujah there, um, even though this is becoming a very uh, Yankovic-heavy uh, pundit showdown. <laughs> Over yankovic Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Let us um, let's go to the scores with two questions remaining. Oh my goodness, Jason, of course, in the lead—a customary position for him with thirty, but with uh, not thirty, twenty-nine points. I can't read my own writing, but with twenty-eight points, Lex, Red, and could it be Roman Lola? What? Within shouting distance oh, of wow. making our wow. final. <laughs> I don't even know what to what to think anymore. Oh wow. Yeah. You never told us your golden envelope. Oh, well, no one got it. It would be uh, Tom Jones. Mm. Tom Jones. I just like him. Plus, he's one of the few artists I like who isn't themselves dead and would probably be available to perform. <laughs> we did mention that I, I've stopped listening to popular music. So. <laughs> it's yeah. Green, green, Green Grass of Home. I can see it. What's New Pussycat? All wonderful songs. It'd be a little embarrassing if someone flunked our panties up on... On stage during that. No, it'd go right on the casket. Mm. That's perfect. If the song was released after Ren was born, then Phil probably hasn't heard it. No, I, I have not. I have not. So I thank you all for, for sending selections of your music and not forcing me to, to know what they are. Let's do our next question. It is this. Try as I might, I just can't wrap my brain around iCloud. Please try to describe it to me in six words or less. And I am going to take a point off for every word you go over six words. So I, I suggest that you stick to that limit. Uh, let's start with um, with the miracle man, Roman Loyola. Oh, you know, um, this is something that I, tr- I – You've tried. already gone over your limit. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to – would, would you like to start again because I really feel bad. start again. Yes. yes. Just give me the six words. Get, get, okay. okay. And and then we can, if there's an explanation needed, we'll delve into it after that. I'm sorry to get a little bit okay. snippy with I you. I started explaining first. I Ooh. thought the question was pretty clear. Got it. Okay. I'm going to be counting. Go. Go to apple.com. Yeah. Okay. We'll give you a point for that. I don't think an explanation. Give us the explanation. Well, this is the type of thing that I would have to do for, like, my father-in-law. Uh-huh. And... When my father-in-law asked me what iCloud was, I, he started glossing over and, you know, had that look like, what are you talking about kind of look? So I just told him to go to Apple.com and read the website. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Uh, Ren. Your stuff, all synced for free. Boom. That's how you do it. Lex. Dropbox, but both harder and easier. Perfect. Boom. Jason Snell. 
ever-present files, seamless synchronization, nowhere, everywhere. And that's a haiku, by the way. (laughs) I think it is. I don't care to check. You're far enough into the lead where it doesn't matter. Our final question, all to play for. It's likely the last Macworld Pundit Showdown of the year, though probably not because we'll run out of ideas and do something in December. But let's pretend that it is and tell me what the most important product released in the Mac universe in 2011 was. We'll just ask this question again a month from now. That's right. It's a reusable question. Yeah, that's good. Jason, yeah, because maybe something will come out between now and then. It won't. Jason, (laughs) tell me tell me what – so you can prepare for the finals. Just give me an answer. I'm going to encapsulate uh, 2011 with a Thunderbolt display. I think it's a really uh, an interesting product in that it's a display, but it's got the brains of basically a computer inside to do all the Thunderbolt routing. This was the year that Thunderbolt got introduced. The fact that you can piggyback gigabit Ethernet and, and FireWire and USB on top of Thunderbolt, plug into this monitor from any Thunderbolt-capable Mac, and get all those things working on the display when you do it. Um, I think that that is the most important and relevant product for 2011. In the Mac. All right. Very good. Lex Friedman. I think Line was awesome. I think iOS 5 was awesome. But uh, the OSs that immediately preceded them, Snow Leopard and iOS 4, were also awesome. So I couldn't pick those. Instead, I'm hanging my hat on GarageBand for iPad and now for iPhone as well. Three, three very quick reasons. Number one, it massively upped the game on what iOS apps can do. Number two, it proved unequivocally that iPads and now iPhones are for creation just as much as they are for consumption. And number three, it let me create a very rocking cover of Eddie Murphy's Party All the Time. Well, there you go. Uh, Ren. Uh, I know you find it a little bit cloudy, Phil, but definitely I have to go with iCloud. Uh, There are so many things that iCloud has opened, even with its initial technical difficulties. I mean, you think about how many millions of accounts they've opened and just, you know, iCloud's been available, what, a little bit over a month now. Uh, publicly. You have iTunes Match as a separate service that also interacts with iCloud. You have document syncing between devices and hopefully soon between Macs. They're laying the groundwork for something big and something that I think can influence the file system and influence other devices without necessarily overtaking the file systems that you know and love. Okay. Blow me away, Roman. Well, the two most important Apple services are the ability to order online and pick up at the Apple Store and the EasyPay system, uh, where you can basically check yourself out of an Apple Store without even going to a store clerk. And uh, during the holiday shopping season, when you're tired and impatient and afraid and sick of trying to find parking, uh, these two services will seem like they're very important services. And I think sometimes Apple's retail efforts kind of go under the radar. um, So I think those are the most important. Very good answers all around. We have a perfectly lined up scoreboard by my calculations. Roman Loyola, a game effort, 31 points. Serenity Caldwell, a very fine effort, 32 points. Lex Friedman, 33. Jason Snell, 34. Our finalists are going to be Lex Friedman and Jason Snell in Defend the Indefensible. Here's how it works I ask, I, I, I read a statement. And these two gentlemen have to defend it for 20 seconds. It's going to be an outrageous statement. It's not a defendable statement, yet they have to defend it. Jason, you had the most points. Would you like to go first or second? I'll go second. All right. Lex Friedman. Yes. This is what you must defend. It's ridiculous to suggest that George Clooney should play Steve Jobs in the rumored biopic that's in the works. Clearly, the part should go to Adam Sandler. 
It is ridiculous to suggest that George Clooney could play. This is the part that Adam Sandler was born to play. Steve Jobs likes using funny words like boom. Adam Sandler likes funny words like they both have that in common. And I think that nobody more than Sandler can perfectly encapsulate the joy for life that Steve Jobs felt. That oh wow, oh wow that Roman is so fond of is I think perfectly encapsulated by Sandler's joy. You've gone over time. Thank you, Lex. You're welcome. Big, you have a lot to beat, Jason. Yeah, that was that was that, a high was, bar. That was a high bar. Not a big challenge for you. This is what you must defend. Apple's decision not to substantially update its iPod lineup this year just proves that these devices are grotesque failures that Apple should have never tried to make. You know, that that actually doesn't go far enough. I, I, I think the iPod is such a disaster for Apple and has caused such rack and ruin for society in general. When you go to piracy, people getting hit by cars in the street because they're listening to their iPod. What I would recommend is Apple spend all of its research for the next five years building a time machine so that they can go back in time and find Tony Fidel at the moment where he invented the iPod and kill him or go back in time and find his parents Ooh. and kill them or his grandparents or something like that. That is a very impressive answer. It could go either way. I think uh, I am going to have to say that your winner is Lex Friedman. Oh, my goodness. Well deserved. Oh, wow. Thank you. Lex, I think... No longer the sole loser. No. No, we have a room full of champions and Roman. (laughs) I'd like to... You can't touch this. No, you can't. (laughs) I would like to thank... Everyone for participating today, Lex Friedman, Jason Snell, Serenity Caldwell, Roman Loyola. Thank you, listeners, for joining. This has been the Macworld Pundit Showdown. We'll talk to you next week.